What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 251 of No One's Ready for Wrestling as we talk professional wrestling and give my thoughts on the news that I read and the shows that I watch. It is Elimination Chamber Week, and it is TNA No Surrender and and a taping week, so this is why I'm recording on Thursday. I will... Now, just a programming note, I will not be covering SmackDown on this episode because, I mean, it's already taped, number one. And number two, I won't have time to uh, see what happened on SmackDown because that Saturday, Elimination Chamber is going to be at three in the morning, so I won't be able to watch it live. So I will, and thankfully, I'm going to stay off of social media, which is the best thing about taking, like, the week off of social media because... I don't need to know what's going on on social media. So the weekends have been my priority. But um, I will be watching the Elimination Chamber when I wake up like on at around like 8 or 9-ish. And I'm just going to watch it with a keen eye. I'm not going to be tweeting about it because it's, I already know it's going to be spoiled. <coughs> so I, I want to do it in the right way. But I will not be covering SmackDown. I will be attending TNA's uh, No Surrender and their tapings, Bayou Blast. Mustafa Ali is going to be there. And I don't know if we're going to have a surprise for No Surrender. But we're just going to have to wait and see. And I finally get to watch Josh Alexander wrestle. Finally. Finally. I get to see that. And I don't know who who's going to be doing the meet and greet because you know me. I'm, I'm a sucker for meet and greets. <laughs> but uh, I will talk about my experience with TNA on the next episode. Even though they shouldn't have released Scott Demore. I, I still stand by that. I think everybody agrees with that. But speaking of which, we got a lot. We, we're going to be talking AEW. We got news on AEW. Um, I'll talk... On what I thought was a decent episode of Dynamite, some ups, some downs. Mo- most of the promos were really good on that show. It was really a promo-heavy show. Um, if you want to know what's going on with uh, the news we got, we got Roosh. Where the hell is Roosh? We got an update on him. El Hijo del v- Vikingo. What's going on with him? He might not need surgery, which is a good thing. Um, Cash Wheeler. We got news on him. Apparently, he's going to trial for aggravated assault with a firearm. So, I got my thoughts on that. Jim Ross, recovering from a broken hip. And AEW hires a former WWE uh, producer, like the one I talked about, who recently departed in good terms with the company, but WWE probably knew that she was going to uh, sign with AEW anyway because of money. Mercedes Monet is going to be all elite really soon. So we got news on that. We got news on TNA. We got news on TNA. And Steve Macklin, his contract is going to be expiring soon. A Steel um, confirms that he's working with New Japan. Not New Japan. That would have been cool. Um, TNA. And Josh Alexander, he has upped his contract with the promotion. And I got my thoughts on Velveteen Dream. If anybody is going to be asking me about Velveteen Dream, I had a really great discussion with my brother about Velveteen Dream returning to um, 
to a dynasty show on an independent show, which uh, got a lot of people talking. And we brought up some really good points. And I will share my thoughts about all of that. Um, on the WWE side, we got injury news, CM Punk. He shares his timetable for his return. Um, we got Shotzi, who is going to be out for nine months. And unfortunately, it is a torn ACL, which, which sucks. And I'll explain how she tore her ACL. Because I did see the match. And uh, yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, let's just talk some of the good coming out of WWE. Um, we got some positive good news for Steve McMichael. Really great news to hear about his recovery. And he will be going back home uh, really soon. <coughs> Sheamus is going to be returning. She, he's teasing a return, which... I miss Sheamus. I miss banger after banger after banger after banger. Um, we got EO Sky reaching a milestone as the WWE Women's Champion. And WWE recently drew one of their biggest house show crowds in years. And WWE sh should be uh, praising themselves right now after hearing that news. Um... Now we get to the Vince stuff. And remember when I said I was going to pull my hair off if I had to talk about Vince McMahon? Well, look, I got my hair cut up. Let me tell you, I got my hair chopped off already. Apparently, law firm, they're going to be looking to speak with potential victims and witnesses about the abuse in WWE. We have former WWE star Paul Roma saying that he, well, he claims that he knows... Um, he knows uh, about an incident that's worse than what Janel Grant has alleged about Vince McMahon. Uh, we got news on Randy and or Randy Orton and John Cena, he, their thoughts on the Vince McMahon allegations, and I know there's some people who uh, did not like John Cena's response, and I can understand that as well. But who whose response was better, I'll tell you who I thought was better. Former WWE and ECW star threatens legal actions on 2K and potential... And, like, here's the thing, and I'm going to be real when I say this. Do you think 2K is going to give a damn about it? They won't. They won't. And Vince and... We got Vince and Brock. Apparently, they're not on the roster. Like, playable characters for 2K24, which... It's for the better. But we know Brock is going to be in the game in some capacity. <clears throat> Mostly in my faction. And forgive me if I'm coughing a lot because my throat's been ticklish lately. And no, it's not sinuses. It's not, it's not any of that. It's just I got a ticklish throat right now. And of course, I will give my predictions for uh, Elimination Chamber. We got the card up. And it's a solid card. I'm not going to lie. I, th I think the card is pretty solid. And that is our roadblock to our Wrestle to WrestleMania, which I am excited about. Now, with all that said, let's 
If you guys want to know where to find me, you can follow me on my Twitter, ShinoDPhoenix. I mean, if you still want to call it X, I don't care. I still call it Twitter. That's where it is in my book. You can follow me, ShinoDPhoenix. Fe- Shino I do, on occasions, live tweet for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, Dynamite, and any wrestling show that I'm going to... Like, any wrestling show, if there's news that's really big, I'm going to... I will share my brief thoughts on it. And I use it to just promote my um my streaming account. Which if you want to follow me on Twitch, please do so. Um been doing really good on doing really great on Twitch. I'm not gonna lie when I tell you that. We're doing some really good stuff on that platform. If you like gaming stuff, make sure you follow me there. Um and if you want infectious laughter and Chaos and pure energy. You know where to find me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Shino Phoenix. And I've been posting. Mostly Instagram stories. And if you want to see what I'm all about. Uh, just take a look at my Instagram stories. You might like me. Uh, follow me on TikTok. We've been actually grinding on TikTok. I've been posting a lot of videos. So... I recently did a throwback to when I had a nice virtual meet and greet with my favorite wrestler, Asuka. So if you want to see what that's all about, please take a look at that. Shino D Phoenix. Um, Like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Shino D Phoenix. We're starting to uh, post some content on here. So if you want to see uh, memes, because I'm doing memes now, uh, just take a look. I did one with Seth Rollins, so and it's Fortnite related to all my Fortnite p- players out here. Um, but let's get things started. Let's go straight to AEW. We're going to set the record straight on a talent that's been MIA. And Roosh is one of those names. Roosh made a name for himself working with MLW, New Japan, CMLL, and Ring of Honor. At Double or Nothing 2022, Roosh started working with AEW when he was aligned with, excuse me, uh, with Andrade El Idolo (coughs) as his business partner. Now, last month, the AEW star revealed that he suffered a torn hamstring in his second match in the Continental Classic, and despite the injury, he worked through it and was able to finish the tournament and competed at World's Ends event. Uh, in December, last week, Roosh stated that he, he has been cleared uh, to return to the ring. Now, Jalistico stated that he and Roosh, which, now, it's, this, the, this is the reason why, and this is mostly when it comes to international wrestlers, they had to get their visa issues uh, fixed. Now, leading to some thinking that that's the reason why he was off television and not because of an injury. Now, Roosh made it clear that this is not the case. Now, he wrote the following on Twitter saying this. I was injured as confirmed by AEW doctors. Now, I am recovered. I had a visa with someone else. And now, in the process of getting getting my visa through AEW. Um, stop posting bullshit for fucking likes. I don't, even li- I don't ever lie about injuries. So there you have it. You heard it from Roosh himself. It's 
It's the same thing with it's the same thing with Pack. It's the same thing with Ray Phoenix most of the times. Like, it's the visas that's been given the issue. So I don't like when people post fake stuff just so they could get likes. It's just so fucking stupid. I, I, I just don't like that. I don't like that at all. And, like, don't you have anything better to do besides posting fake news? But um, all I could say on that, I'm, I hope he gets his visa issues resolved because that, that was the main reason right there. Just your visa. And I don't have a problem with that at all. Now, on the injury scale, speaking of injuries, uh, El Hijo del Vikingo. You saw him in AEW. You saw him in Ring of Honor, AAA. You saw him in TNA Hard to Kill. Now, Vikingo first started working with AEW last March, where he put over Kenny Omega on Dynamite before beating Jalisico on the April 2023 Rampage. He worked with several matches since then, mostly on Rampage, with most of his bouts happening on January on Rampage, January 24th edition of Rampage. He worked the Fatal 4-Way for a shot for the international title, which Commander won. Now, over the weekends, Vikingo teamed with Psycho Clown and Wotan, losing to uh, Negocio uh, Tremundo, which is... Demonio Inferno, uh, uh, Fresado Jr. and Trauma One at AULL Rencor Extremo, where he suffered a torn meniscus. Now, Dave Meltzer noted in the Observer that it looks like El Hijo Delphi Kingo may not need surgery. This is the same injury that Seth has, a torn meniscus. If he doesn't get the surgery, then he'll be sidelined while doing rehab. Obviously, if he undergoes a night, then he, he could be out for much longer. Most cases from six weeks to three months. So, thankfully, it's not a serious um, it's not a serious injury, and hopefully, he could uh heal up in time. Cause I cannot um. Because, look, the guy is talented. He is absolutely talented, and uh, I just, I just like, um, how would I put this, by being blunt? I, injuries happen, and it, it sucks. But thankfully, he doesn't need surgery or anything, so he is good. He is good right now. So... That's all I could say for the best. For the best. Um, <clears throat> now let's talk about Cash Wheeler. Now Cash Wheeler is going to be facing one count of aggravated assault with a firearm after being arrested last year. Now a warrant was issued for his arrest that was filed on July 28th after an incident that happened on July 27th. He pleaded not guilty to the charge via his attorney on August 3rd at his first appearance in court. All Wheeler's firearms had to be turned over to the local sheriff's department until the case was over. Now, 
Now, excuse me for, excuse me. I'm just trying to clear my throat. <clears throat> Wheeler allegedly flashed a gun during a road rage incident, and at the time, his attorney noted that noted this was not a domestic issue and did not and did not know the person involved. The charge is considered a third degree felony in Florida. Now, the trial start date is for May 20th. The pre-trial will start on the 7th of May, where he was ordered where he was ordered to appear. So now I've skipped a lot of I skipped what PW Insider reported. So Willard wasn't present at his arrangement on on that uh day. So he's he has to show up on May 7th. So and he's probably going to be on a pay-per-view on uh well, I mean, he's got time. It's only we're going to be in March, so we're in February, so March, April, May, three months. So right after he's done with his stuff with AEW, once he's finished with that, he could handle uh, the shit that he's dealing with right now. So all I'm going to say is for Cash Wheeler's sake, I just hope your trial goes well. That's all I can say. But um, <clears throat> now I don't like I, I don't know much about um. The court stuff for him, but I just don't want uh I just don't want uh him to possibly lose his job because of this uh incident. That's just that's just me, you know? That's just how I feel about it. But um let's talk JR for a second. Let's talk about Jim Ross. And I'm wishing him the best. He's recovering from a broken hip. Um Ross said that he was out today in ja- in the Jacksonville Beach. He was walking with a cane for now, but he's improving daily. And he added that he's excited about his future with AEW. And he did not say if he resigned with the company. He previously stated that his deal was set to expire this month, but by the sounds of his social media posts, it doesn't sound like he's planning on leaving. So... Yeah, it looks like he might have extended his contract with AEW. He might have resigned, but um, I wish JR the best in his recovery. I hope that um, it goes well for him. We miss you, JR, um, and we love you. And just we just want you to. We, I just want to let you know that you are uh, you are awesome. Okay, like we miss you, my my good man. We miss you. Uh, and that's all I could say about that. Hopefully the recovery goes well, my friend. Now, remember when we talked about Jennifer, uh, Pepperman leaving WWE last week on the last episode? <coughs> now, for those of you who don't know, she is a three-time Emmy Award winner and was the longest tenured female member of the WWE creative team up until her departure last week. Now, Justin Barrasso first reported that Jennifer Pepperman will join AEW as the vice president of content development. Now, she will work alongside Tony Khan, and she is well-liked and valued for her work while in WWE. And not only that, what makes this interesting, in my honest opinion, is that she is close friends with Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks. 
Now, this is a step in the right direction, in my honest opinion. It is a step in the right direction because of two things. Number one, you guys know I... You guys know I question TK's booking of the women's division. You guys know that. I have been one of those guys who want to see the women in AEW be successful. I want to see the women like actually be given an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I just hope that this signing is going to do wonders for uh, Tony Khan. And with her coming to AEW, I just hope for the best. That's all I can say. I just hope that they do right with this booking. And that's that's just me saying that. I, I just want them to pr- present the women's division better. <clears throat> and I hope this is a step in the right direction. Now... AEW Dynamite took place at the um at the Box Center in Tusla, Oklahoma. And I thought this was a pretty decent show. I thought it was a decent show. Um my and this is just me when I say this, my biggest critique was I think it, it just went too fast. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the pacing needs to be slowed down a little bit because I want to just consume everything slowly. That's just how I um, vision it, to say the least. But we did have an opening match between Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli against FTR. And this was an excellent, excellent tag team match. In my honest opinion, it was an excellent tag team match from start to finish. Like, and I know people are going to bitch about the time limit draw, which, I mean, look, I don't care. I do not care. Uh, a draw is a draw. It, it's It was still a great match. And not only that, this did wonders to protect, um, to protect both teams. And I enjoyed this. Like, I literally enjoyed this match for so many reasons. And, like, it's, it was great tag team action. Now, after the time limit draw, you had FTR and BCC, they're brawling. You got the entire locker, you got the locker room emptying out to break it up. Then later during the show, you had Alex Marvez backstage with FTR and FTR, they're fired up to answer this BCC situation. And once and for all, they want to end this at Revolution. Then you got Mox and Claudio rolling up to answer them. So they're down for the match. And it looks like that match is official. And I think what they did on television, that was just the appetizer. I think we're going to be set for the main course for uh, AEW Revolution. So looking forward to that. Now, like I said, but I thought this was an excellent match. And I thought they did a really great job with uh, the presentation. Now, we had Renee Paquette, who is backstage with Orange Cassidy. And says the doctors, like, she pretty much runs down what happened. You were in the UK at the uh, 
at I think it was a soccer event, and if you saw their expression, it looks like they were just like, I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. He was at RevPro defending his international title. <coughs> and now you t- you had a match with uh, Matt Taven in a Texas death match. And now you're facing Mike Bennett. What's the status for you? And Doc Sampson pretty much says, oh, he's cleared. Minimal. He's cleared. And he says, look, if he, I'm clear, I'm going to wrestle. And that's what I'm going to do. And he took on Mike Bennett. This was a non-title match. Um, All I could say about this was, I thought this was really good. It was a decent match. That's the best way I could say it. It was a decent, decent match. Not that it was bad. Like, I'm not saying that it was bad. It, Like, it was just decent for what it was. Now... <clears throat> After the match, Orange Cassidy won, by the way. For those of you who don't know, Orange Cassidy won. Um, You had the Undisputed Kingdom, which they are so fucking cold as ice right now. They are legitimately cold as ice. And I hate saying that about them. They are cold. So they put the boots on him. Roderick Strong comes out. Jake Hager, who is an Oklahoma guy, got a big reaction made the save to pretty much hype up Jake Hager's match at um at uh Rampage. But um like I said, this was decent for what it was. Really not much to complain about. It's just eh. Now we go to Renee Paquette, who is backstage with Cool Hand Angelo Parker And Ruby Soho rolls up and she decides to let the lovebirds be. And they go off arm in arm. And you had had a limousine pull up. And the nature boy rolls up in the limousine. And we go to commercial break. And after the break, Renee is backstage with Ric Flair. And he's going to be honest. This is what he said. I'm going to be honest. He doesn't care if anyone likes him or not. And he figured when he signed up, he'd be a bigger part of a picture. And he's not upset with Sting, but he feels like he should be right in the middle of everything these last few weeks. And he's going to explore some options, walk to a door, and knocks. Like, he walks to a door, knocks, and the Young Bucks answer, and they welcome Flair in. So, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Maybe... Ric Flair is gonna cost uh is gonna cost Sting the match. I don't know. But um all I can say is this was like this is um intriguing to see where they go for a revolution. Now, like I said, this was a promo heavy show. This was literally a promo heavy show. We had Tony Schiavone, who is in the ring with Daniel Garcia. And Tony announces that due to uh, Adam Copeland not being medically cleared to compete, he's going to be facing off against Christian Cage at Revolution. Now, Garcia said a couple of months ago, I lost my confidence, 
But he knew that three seconds was all he needed. And at the end of the Continental Classic, he got those three seconds and his life was changed. He credits the fans for helping him get his confidence back. He tells Adam Copeland if their match had gone any longer, he had made him tap. But it's not over between them. So, but next time he'll have the TNT Championship. And he's about to address Christian Cage, but the patriarchy comes in. Um, they come in. Christian Cage says Copeland um, won't ever get another shot at his title. And he's not going to give Daniel Garcia a title match because, because he's not ready yet. And further, he knows something about people. Most people don't know about his childhood. I heard that you had a pretty dark childhood. And at that point, I'm like, I know where he's going. I know where he's going. He's about to mention it, is he not? And he asks about Jackie and David Garcia. And offers a home address. Then points out that David Garcia is dead. Wouldn't it be a fairy tale ending to win a title in memory of your late great father but no your father was a piece of crap loser alcoholic who lost his who lost his life to his battle and unlike him christian wants to see him reach his full potential and garcia said no 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 I, i'm skipping ahead um at revolution he doesn't want to be his opponent instead he wants to be his father. Now this fires up Daniel Garcia. And he says. Um, if he talks about my beautiful mother again. I'm going to kick your ass. And if he wants to talk about dead relatives so much. Come on down so he can put you right in the ground next to his dear old dad. So he sends Nick Wayne out to attack Garcia. But Daniel Garcia puts him in the Dragon Slayer with ease. Killswitch tries to run in to make the save, but gets attacked by um, Matt Menard. So, yeah. Christian Cage is still a dick. And I love every second of it. It makes me happy to see Christian Cage be a dick. And that is the great thing. That is the best thing about Christian Cage. He is such an asshole. And I love every second of it. That That's the best thing about uh, Christian Cage. But I, I still think the match is going to be good at Revolution. No doubt. I think the match is going to be really good. We had Tony Storm in a squash match against Sydney Wendell. This didn't last that long. And she won with the Venus de Milo. Now after the match, Deanna comes out and as Tony makes her way out to the ring. And I love the visual shot with Tony Storm being black and white on one side and Deanna got the regular color on the other side. I thought that was a great visual shot. I loved it. And this set, and this also had Deanna Perrazzo taking on Madison Rain, which was not good. Holy shit, was that match not good. And I'm being real when I say it. This was not a good match. And I mean this in all the respect to both of these ladies. This this was this was just not good. It was not good at all. And 
All I can say about it is, <clears throat> like, there was a spot where it looked like Deanna did a flatliner, and I don't know if Madison Rain jumped, because it looked awful. She landed on the top of her head, and I'm, and you had the doctors checking up on her. It, it looked terrible. I'm sorry. It, it just looked terrible. That, that's the only way I could say it. This was not good. Now, granted, 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 Deanna won, which, I mean, this was just a way to build up her match. And look, the feud is a is, is meh. Like, I'm on ice-cold territory, but I guarantee the match is going to be good. <clears throat> but after the match, Tony Storm came, came in um, and pretty much applies her sync... Her submission break a leg on Deanna. So she's trying to do damage to her leg. So, I mean, at least they're trying to spice up the feud. It's just that it's kind of ice cold when you when you look back on it. It's it's literally ice cold. That That's the best way I could describe it. It's ice bloody cold. But uh, I will let it pass for what it was. Then we get this amazing promo. We get this excellent promo from... From Darby Allen and Sting. I thought this was great. Now, they did advertise. I did read a report that it was um, chaotic behind the scenes with uh, AEW. And all I could say, and I'm going to be real when I say this. Um, yeah, it, it was chaotic to say the least. But I, 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 don't, I don't work backstage. I don't. But um, it was uh, a little bit chaotic behind the scenes. Um, they, they were supposed to be at the show, but after what happened in this segment, um, you'll know the reason why, um, all I'm going to say is this, um, but this is what Darby said. Now, Alan shows the Bucks some old photos of Sting and his sons and points out they're about the same age as the Bucks kids are now. Family is the only thing that matters in the end. And Sting concurs. Now Sting says, It strikes a nerve because no one has ever messed with my family before. Lots has been going on in in his personal life these last few weeks. And just weeks ago, his father passed away. And I send my condolences to Sting and his family. Really sad to hear that. He was a hero to Sting. He taught him right and it makes him think a lot about his own mortality. He used to think he was invincible, and sometimes he still does. But time catches up with all of us. He knows that truly he is not invincible. But one thing that he does know is that everything he has left in him, he will bring to revolution and meet the Bucks face-to-face and I thought this was really good. This was a really, really great promo for uh, Sting. And, like, it just... I loved it. That's all I can say. I loved every second of it. It was a really, really great promo to get people rooting for um, Sting. And if that's not the main event for Revolution, then they're doing something wrong. They are doing something completely wrong if that's not the main event. Now, 
we go to Tony Schiavone. He's in the ring with Warlow, and I thought this was a great promo from Warlow, even though despite him screaming, but this was everything that he that we have all been saying about the booking of Warlow. Everything that Warlow said in this segment speaks volumes. So he said this. Um, he kicks him, he kicks Tony Schiavone out, and he says, Look, I've been pissed off for a long time. And two years ago, I had thousands and thousands of people chanting my name city to city in a way nobody has seen in decades. He said I was the next big thing. But apparently the rocket on his back was put upside down because he was driven into the ground and screwed over and over again. You think the one true AEW homegrown original megastar would have been a champion a long time ago. But somehow, he's never ever gotten a world title match and people should be put in jail over it, Tony Khan. Now look, look at the men who have held it. Kings and gods, and what does that make him? The best in the world. The real heavyweight champion. And that is a CM Punk reference right there, folks. Um, he says, um, I beat, and like I beat his ass worse than anyone else did. Your body is still falling apart. Your favorite, he squashed like an insect. And that brings him to the most dangerous man in the room, Samoa Joe. It sure sounds like he's the best in the world, that he's better than you and you know it. MJF reference that he's the most dangerous man in the room. He is the uncrowned king of AEW and it's time he started eating like one because he's been starving. He's done being fed scraps and he's like, he's like, I'm look at me. I'm everything a world champion is supposed to be. No one can stop me. And if anyone wants to get in my way, No, this isn't wrestling. This is war. And I thought this was a great promo by by Wardlow. Everything this man said is true. Everything this man said is true because we, like, and I'm telling you right now, the booking of Wardlow has been awful. And most of the fault goes to Tony Khan. Most of the fault goes to him because that's his fault. That's his fault for the way he booked this man. And all I'm going to say on that is... All I'm going to say on this was... Everything this man said was true. He should have been at the top of the game. But MJF overshadowed him. And yes... Ever since he cut that pipe bomb... This was Wardlow's pipe bomb. (coughs) And this is him speaking his mind. And... um. That's all I could say about that right here. So, like, he had every right to say everything he needed to say. Now, we go backstage to Renee Paquette, who is backstage with with uh, Don Callis and the family. And Callis says, Will Ospreay is still all in on the family. And he's got the meat madness because Powerhouse Hobbs is so strong. So, I don't know what the fuck is meat madness. Is it big meaty men slapping meat? I don't mind. I don't mind it. Like, look, I like big meaty men slapping meat. 
And Will Ospreay is going to be on Dynamite um, next Wednesday. So that's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. In the main event, you had the mixed tag match, which, not the mixed tag match, the six-man tag between Mogul Embassy, which is Swerve Strickland and Brian Cage, with the AEW world champion Samoa Joe, taking on Hangman Page, RVD, and Hook. Now, it was a typical can they coexist. Yeah, they, they coexist. They did. And um, all I could say about this was, yes, there was a spot where, where, um, uh, was when Swerve accidentally hit Samoa Joe, but that didn't impact the match. It did not impact the match because Mogul Embassy and Joe won, and it looked like Hangman Page suffered a broken ankle, but uh, apparently that's not the, that's not the case. He's just good at selling it, so... I think he's going to be okay heading into Revolution, which I still believe he's going to take the pin. But other than that, I thought this was a... I thought it was a decent show. That's the best way I could describe it. It was decent for what it was. All right, switching gears, let's talk TNA. Let's talk some TNA uh, news for a second because we do have contract news involving two of the talents on the TNA roster. Now, there's a notable name on the free agent market from TNA Wrestling this year. Should the promotion not lock him down to a new deal? Steve Macklin, you may know him as Steve Cutler of the Forgotten Sons. Stables, which that stable's already forgotten. Um, He reinvented himself when joining TNA in 2020, where he has established himself as a top star in the company. Now, his tenure... What WWE fell apart after Jackson Riker got heat with the company and and talent, causing Macklin and Wesley Blake to be pulled from the main roster television shortly after being called up from NXT. Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, reported that the former TNA World Champion's contract is set to expire in May. Now, it's unclear whether the two sides have had talks about an extension. Now, if Steve Macklin leaves TNA, that's a big loss. Because, look, I got to give Steve Macklin credit where credit is due. He stepped up his game. He made himself better. And um, all I could say about that is this was, like, going to TNA was the best decision of his career. Now, if he doesn't resign in May, is there a possibility of him going to AEW? He's married to Deanna Perrazzo. He's married to Deanna Perrazzo. It would make a lot of sense if it's uh, him going to AEW, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what's on the mind of Steve Macklin. If he wants to uh, stay in TNA, I do not blame him. I don't. I don't blame him. Well... If he wants to leave after what happened with Scott Demore, then I also don't blame him as well. It's his choice. Now, speaking of staying, Josh Alexander is extending his contract with TNA. <coughs> now, let me start with the uh, the statement. Now, TNA Wrestling exercises its option to extend the contract from Josh Alexander. TNA Wrestling extends... The contract of Josh Alexander, the company confirmed today as first reported by Sports Illustrated. Terms of the contracts were not disclosed. 
Alexander is one of the most accomplished, decorated wrestlers in TNA history. A star in a singles and tag team uh, action. Alexander made his pro wrestling debut in 2005 and has been a star on the TNA roster since early 2019. He's a two-time former World Tag Team Champions as one half of the North. I missed that team. Like, I honestly missed that team. And I'm, I'm being real when I say this. Him and Ethan Page... Yeah, like, him and Ethan Page... Uh, he just... They worked so well together as as a, a team. And uh, all, all I could say about that is just, he is so good. That team was so good. And, and all, all I could say, like, it's just, I, I miss Ethan Page. Like, what the hell are they doing with Ethan Page? That, that's what I want to know. What are they doing with Ethan Page? Like, I'm not asking for much. Now, holding the longest reign in tag team championship in company history, 300, 380 days. He was the TNA X Division champion, holding the prestigious title for 151 days before invoking option C, vacating the championship in exchange for an opportunity for the world championship. He's a two-time TNA world champion with his second reign being the longest reign in company history, 335 days. Without the rebranding and the return of those iconic letters, TNA, those letters that inspired me to get in the ring in the first place and chase this wild dream of being a wrestler, I've dreamt of that moment being there at Hard to Kill, hearing those letters, Alexander told Sports Illustrated as he embarked on his six years with the company. Six years. That's insane. Uh, I got a lot of work to do this year. I have to find some success. Because I think more so than myself. The 15 year old kid. Who was sitting on that couch. Never dreamt this was possible. Wouldn't believe that I could be. TNA world champion. And or X division champion. Things that are on my bucket list. But I know my son. Wants me to bring home some gold. Josh Alexander is one of the most popular wrestlers in TNA wrestling history. We're thrilled to see him see that his run in TNA will continue, said TNA wrestling president Anthony Sision. Now, Alexander and the stars of TNA wrestling will be in action at No Surrender, which I will be there, uh, originating from the Alario Center in New Orleans. Who that, baby? And he's going to go one-on-one against Simon Gotch. I am excited for that match. I get to see Josh Alexander wrestle. He was supposed to wrestle at the last time they were down here, but he suffered a neck injury. So I, I can't wait to see this match. And Fightful Select reported that Josh Alexander's original deal was supposed to expire on Valentine's Day. Before it was extended. It was a two year deal with an option to be extended. Which is what happened. So his current deal expires. In 2025. So. I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Alexander. Compete. In uh, TNA. And I'm looking forward to his match with Simon Gotch. I think that's going to be really good. And. 
I will give you my thoughts on the match. And if he's doing a meet and greet, you know for damn sure I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for the meet and greet, no doubt. Now, we got TNA Wrestling bringing in Ace Steel. He's working for TNA right now. And and Steel actually confirmed that he is working as a producer for the promotion. He adds that, like this was on the two-man power trip. And he added that he loved, loves working for the company and the backstage atmosphere. And he didn't mention exactly when he started working for the promotion. And look, that's a good gig for uh, A. Steel. And I think he's going to do wonders on on uh, TNA Wrestling. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that. Now, speaking of no surrender, I I do want to do my quick predictions for this pay-per-view. And I will be watching the show live. And it's going to be really incredible. So let's start off with the pre-show match. We have the system, Eddie Edwards, and Brian Myers with Alicia Edwards taking on Intergalactic Jet Setters. That means I get to watch Kushida wrestle, man. Kushida and Kevin Knight. Uh, I'm going with the system. I think they're going to win this match. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be really good. So I got the, uh, systems winning. Now let's <coughs> work our way all the way towards the main event. We have Chris Saban defending his title against Mustafa Ali. I will be shocked. And I'm going to be real when I say this. I will be shocked. If Mustafa Ali, if Mustafa Ali wins the uh, X Division Championship, uh, I could see, like, going for my safe bet, I'm going to say Chris Saban retains. I think he's going to retain, but I will not be surprised if they, like, I would be shocked if they give it to Ali. That would be a nice, nice win for him. And that would be their way of saying, look, we got um, Ali signed. And I think Impact would be perfect for... uh, Mustafa Ali. So, to play it safe, I'm going with Chris Sabin. I think he's going to retain. We have Jordan Grace defending her TNA Knockouts Championship against Giselle Shaw. I'm going with Jordan Grace. I think she's going to retain. I think she's the right choice. I don't know if... Like, I, I could see Giselle Shaw winning, even though she is a heel. Even though she is a heel, I could see that. But, um... I think Jordan Grace is retaining. But I, w- I would not mind a title change. I'm not going to lie when I say it. Speaking of the knockouts, we have Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary. I hope I get to meet Rosemary again. I hope so. Defending their knockouts tag team titles against MK Ultra, which is Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. Uh, this should be pretty good. Um, I am gonna go with uh Decay. I think they're gonna retain their uh their um tag titles. We have PCO taking on Khan. I'm going with PCO. I think he's winning this match. We got Josh Alexander versus Simon Gotch. I could see Simon Gotch winning this to make his debut. I mean, this is his debut, is this not? I, I'm going with Simon Gotch. I want to see Josh Alexander win, but I think Simon Gotch is winning this match. We have 
the knockouts tag team titles on the line, and I think this is going to be the match of the night. Grizzle Young Vets versus ABC. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. If I predict the title change, it would be this one. I would love to see Grizzle Young Vets hold the knockouts, not the knockouts, the tag team titles. That would be nice. Oh, this is tough. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with Grizzle Young Vets. I'm going with Grizzle Young Vets. I think they're going to win the tag titles. As in the main event, we got Moose defending his his title against Alex Shelley. No surrender rules match. Now, now which is is pretty much throwing a towel match. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a match where there are one or more cornermen for each participant. And the victory is obtained when the opponent's cornerman throws a towel into the ring to signal surrender on behalf of their wrestler. Um, that's pretty much what it is. Throwing the towel. Look, Moose just won this title. I don't see him dropping it. So I think Moose is going to retain. I think Moose is going to retain his title. And that's my predictions for... TNA, no surrender. I will be at the show. I will tell you what I think about the show. And I will also be at their tapings this Saturday. So you're going to have more TNA stuff to hear from me. Um, But let's talk about Velveteen Dream. Patrick Clark. Now, he has returned to the ring. It is not WWE. It is not AEW. It is not TNA. It was at an independent wrestling show, Dynasty. Now, for those of you who don't know what what went wrong with Velveteen Dream, here's what happened. Velveteen Dream was released by WWE in 2021 after he was accused of having inappropriate contact with minors in 2020. He had originally put out a statement noting that he was working with authorities to resolve the situation leading to him being only used a few times in NXT, including his last match coming against Adam Cole in December of 2020. There was also reports that Clark also had backstage heat with several people in NXT due to his behavior. Um, Dream was also accused of filming fellow wrestlers in the bathroom without their consent. In addition to his arrest, accusations of recklessness in matches, wellness violations, and other issues. Now, Velveteen Dream previously issued an apology video on Instagram asking Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and fans fans and the company to forgive him on his past. Now, on Saturday, he returned to wrestling at the Dynasty in New York. Now, the former WWE star interrupted an open challenge opening match before issuing an open challenge. And this got a lot of people just just like and, and I and I could understand why people are unhappy about this because number one, this was unannounced and you didn't advertise it. And I could understand people being upset at the at the company for not doing this, like, in advance, you know? Not doing this, uh, like, on, 
How would I put this without being blunt? Not doing this um, unplanned. Like, I would be pissed too. Like, literally, I would be pissed as well. Now, we don't know any details or any, like, new info about these allegations. We don't know who's telling the truth. And I'm going to be real when I say this. We don't know who's telling the truth. Now, if he's trying to erase this image of what happened previously, like, look, I don't blame him. I'm not trying. And I know people are going to say, why are you signing with Velveteen? I'm not signing with him. Like, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to erase all the shit that happened in the past. Like, and I get it. The past is the past. Sometimes people could be lying. People could be, like, literally, people could be just, like, I don't know who's telling the truth. And I'm being real when I say this. I don't know who's telling the truth. But I think it was a stupid decision on the promotion to bring him in unannounced. But here's the reality, folks. It's their promotion. They're going to do whatever the hell they want. Whether you want to admit that or not. It's just reality. And I hate saying that. It's reality. But all I could say about this, and this this is just me being real. Like, if there's more info, like if we get more information and we found out that Dream was lying, then yeah, he should be held accountable. But if the person who spoke up about it is lying, they should be held accountable. But... Like, I get why people would be upset. Like, it's not the right time to bring somebody in when he's currently under investigation. Which we still don't have any updates. That's just how I see it. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. Period. End of story. I I just want people to understand where I'm coming from. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Yes, I'm talking to you. Do you like video games? Do you like watching me play video games? Are you into gaming? Well, what better way to see me in action playing different types of games like Fall Guys, uh, Splatoon 2, Chroma Squad, and many others? What better way to find me on Twitch? Twitch is my favorite place to stream. And uh, all I can say is you can, you're going to see greatness in me and gaming. Because I like to entertain my followers and just chat with them. See how their, lives are, how their lives are going. And you get to watch everything that I do for fun. I got, it's been four years since I got back into streaming, you know? Like, I was, the last game I streamed was uh, Overwatch. But if you or your friends like video games as much as I do, and you want to see me play it on Twitch, which I stream every Saturday, make sure you follow me on Twitch at Shino Phoenix. Just Shino Phoenix. And you get to see how fun it is to be a Twitch streamer. If you want to be a Twitch streamer yourself, Make sure you make an account 
and you get to do great things as well. So again, make sure you follow me, twitch.tv slash Shino Phoenix. Once again, follow me, Shino Phoenix. And now back to our daily show. now let's talk about CM Punk now we he shared his timeline for his return from injury after he horse quad and he was interviewed with TNT Sports when he attended the UFC 298 uh, on uh, Saturday night and he discussed his recovery from a torn tricep now, The Rock returned for the bill for WrestleMania 40, his own WWE return, and more. Now, let's talk about the injury. He was asked on his injuries derailing WrestleMania plans. He says, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, I was going to headline WrestleMania. Obviously, now I'm not, but it's sports. It's what happens to athletes. Like, I mentally... I think it's harder because the physical pain is whatever, but I look at I look at it just like a bump in the road. You know, this is an oc- occupational hazard. It happens and I'll be back bigger and better. And hopefully he uh changes his style to prevent himself from getting injured. Now, what about the time frame of his in- his recovery? He says, yeah, well, I'm a clumsy idiot. I tore my left tricep. I said quad. I don't know why I said that. Um, He tore his tricep uh, about two years ago, (coughs) AEW. So the right one was jealous. I'm like, I'm like an old car. I'm like 72 Nova. You know what I mean. We have to. We have to change some parts every now and again. So once we fix up all the parts... The engine is still strong. Uh, we're thinking maybe six to eight months, but I'm not really in a rush to get back to compete. I'm in a rush to get healthy. I'm in a rush to get better. As And the sooner I do that, the better. I'll be when I, uh, I'll be when I come back. So he's saying six to eight months. So let's see. He, in, he got injured in January. Okay, so he had to go through the knife in January. So that's February, March, April, May, June. Like we said, possibly July would be the best chance of him coming back. If not, I could definitely see a September return. My birthday month! Now, on his itch to return to WWE, he says, I answered this question earlier tonight. I think it's just time. Timing is everything, you know. I wrestled for a very long time before I signed a WWE contract and was on the road for 10 years. Zero time off. That takes that takes its toll. I think one of the things I that I never did before was trying to balance everything out. And I think a lot of fighters, a lot of wrestlers do that. Balance is kind of key. But when you're when you're young, you want to go, and you have to take every opportunity that comes your way. You can't say no. 
So I burnt out 10 years ago. I left and I did some other things. I got to do a lot of other cool stuff. Time heals all wounds. You slowly start to realize that like a lot of this stuff ha that happened 10 years ago do doesn't matter, which is true. Uh, different people come and go. Different people are in charge now. Maybe I can go back and, you know, it kind of fits like an old slipper. It's good to be back. And I'm super happy uh, it happened. And the way I came back and how big it's been, it's been nerve-wracking. Like, it's been, let's see, it's been never could have been what it was without all the other crap, right? So that's just um, life. Like, I woke up this morning, so it's a good day. And all I could say to CM Punk, like, I'm, I know he's still in the mix. I know, like, he's staying in the mix. I'm happy that he shared his time uh, explaining that he's back, which is good. But how he came back, how that return came, which I thought was nice. Um, I still think July is a perfect return for CM Punk. If he returns early... Because right now his health is important, which is a key thing he mentioned. Health is important. And it sucks that th this injury derailed his plan for WrestleMania. Because I guarantee, had he not got injured, had he not got injured, he would have won the uh, Elimination Chamber match and challenged Seth Rollins and potentially win the title in the main event of WrestleMania. Which I feel like that's the destination that we were going to be given. But, you know, unfortunately, injuries happen. And I just hope for the best. And I hope he recovers in time. And it sucks, you know. It, it really sucks to hear that. But I'm glad he's in good spirits. That's the thing that matters the most. Now, we do have some good news on w, former WCW star Steve McMichael. Now... The former WCW star was diagnosed with ALS in 2021, causing him to lose a ton of weight, the ability to speak. He had been dealing with a bout of MRSA and required a blood transfusion. Family and friends and sport anchor Jer Jared Payton had relayed several messages from McMichael's family, the latest being that the hope is that McMichael will be home on Tuesday. Now, just a little history lesson. McMichael, he won the Super Bowl in 1985. And as a member of the dominating Chicago Bears team, he was recently announced as part of this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame class with the ceremony taking place in August 3rd in Canton, Ohio. Now, Dwight Freeney, Randy G Gatshare, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Julius Pepper, and Patrick Willis was in the class. So this is what uh, Jared Payton wrote. Update on Steve McMichael. Great news. He's feeling better and he's responding well to antibiotics. The hope is to have him back home on Tuesday. And this was on uh, February 18th when he tweeted this. And please keep sending your thoughts and prayers to Steve and his family. So at least we got some good news that he's doing better. And hopefully he continues to stay better and he gets home uh, healthy. So that's good to hear that he's doing better. 
Now, speaking of better, WWE has been white hot. You don't believe me? Their live events uh, have been booming. Now, the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, he noted that the WWE house show drew its biggest crowd for any house show aside from, like, aside from live events at Madison Square Garden, which is always loaded up and treated as a special event due to WWE's history at the venue. Now, they almost did, according to Meltzer, they almost did 10,000 people. 10,000 people. And that was the biggest house show crowd for any WWE show aside from Madison Square Garden. Which, I'm not going to say, doesn't count, but it compl it's completely different. But it was the biggest house show crowd that they've done in the United States since August of 2021 which was right after the pandemic they did like 10,000 people for the show in Detroit and that was it's like France no is not exactly Detroit and it's certainly not Madison Square Garden France no has always been a good wrestling city overall but not like a great wrestling city but always a good one per capita it usually does better than most cities of its size but 10,000 people for a house show. And it was just a normal house show. It was nothing. Now, Melton added they did 7,500 in Oakland on better than 7,500 in Oakland on Saturday night as well. Which I would have gone, if it wasn't for the UFC, that was a great crowd for Oakland. It's a great crowd for our show uh, so WWE's on fire. They're on fire. They are so popular. They sold out, uh, which Raw was sold out at Anaheim, which we will talk about. If that does not tell you how good WWE has become right now, like to have a large house, the biggest crowds, and a random house show, it just shows that um, their product is white hot. Like, literally, their product is white hot. And that's saying something. That is saying a lot. And all I could say is, if I'm WWE, if I'm the people in WWE, I would be happy as well. I would instantly be happy uh, for, <coughs> for their uh, work. So, I, I loved it. I, th I, I think this is great. Now, we got we got news on Sheamus. Is he getting close to a return? Because God knows I miss Sheamus. I really do. I miss this man. And Shame, for those of you who don't know, Sheamus has been sidelined with a shoulder injury because his last match was a loss to Edge on August 18th last week. Not last week, uh, last year. Before being taken off, he had his upper mid-card. He has been an upper mid-carder in recent years while being paired with Butch and Ridge Holland. He most notably feuded with Drew McIntyre and Gunther for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 39 last year. Butch has gone back to Pete Dunne, which I say is for the better, um, while Holland is in NXT. 
it was reported ahead of the last uh, ahead of last month's Royal Rumble. Were there are typical surprises with injured talent returning or legends appearing? It was set. Now, he is expected to return to the event. However, Sheamus didn't make a return. Something that Sami Zayn did after being off television. Now, it's unclear what nicks that return. Now, Sheamus, he posted a following teaser, causing fans to think that he may be coming back. And you know I miss Sheamus. He said, anyone missing five-star banger matches, which I do, I do, I miss Sheamus. Like, I really do. I want to see this man return. And hopefully he comes back healthy. Hopefully he comes back um, more stronger. And all I can say about it is just, we miss you, buddy. We miss you. And... I can't wait to see you return. If he returns in Perth, Australia, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I'm going to be real when I say that. I'm going to lose my mind if he returns uh, to Perth, Australia for Elimination Chamber. But we'll see. And if the Intercontinental title is is going to be defended, I mean, what better way to have him win the title if he returns at WrestleMania for the uh, world championship. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That would be nice. Now, I also want to say congratulations to EO Sky. EO Sky has reached 200 days as the WWE Women's Champion. And she's just a few weeks away from defending her title against Bailey. Which, look, I'm happy for EO. I'm happy that she is having the run of her life like I just love how they uh that EO is being a is just a star right now she feels like a big deal that's the thing I miss that's what I that's what I want when it comes to the book and and Triple H knows that like now that he's running the ship like EO has it's just great well deserved for EO well deserved for the genius of the sky and, oh, and let's talk about this. WWE is interested in collaborating with Sylvester Stallone for WrestleMania 40. And it makes sense because it's in Philadelphia. Like, literally, it's in Philadelphia. Now, the build towards WrestleMania 40 has begun ahead of this year's event in Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Some of the matches on top for the show have been confirmed. Roman will be defending his title against Cody Rhodes. EO will be defending her title against Bailey. Now, it is expected that The Rock and Reigns will team together against Rhodes and Seth Rollins. As the event gets closer, more bouts will be announced. Now, WrestleVotes reports that WWE has an interest in has an interest in working with Stallone. I mean, honestly, why would you not be interest, interested? I think that would be great. Um, at the event, as he most notably inducted Hulk Hogan in the Hall of Fame of 2005. Now, the tie-in could have something to do with the Rocky franchise since the character is tied in Philadelphia. Where WrestleMania is being held this year, Hulk Hogan was a part of Rocky III 
as Thunderlips. So just to, just to read uh, this tweet right here, let me pull it up. Sources within WWE indicate that there is interest in collaborating with Sylvester Stallone for WrestleMania in some form. While any communication status is unclear, I'm told there's there's hope for it. Whether it ultimately ends up happening or not is to be determined. Stallone, born in New York City, game famed through the iconic Rocky films, deeply associated with Philadelphia. Additionally, Stallone is no stranger to the WWE world, as he, like they said, inducted Hulk Hogan into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. And I, I would love to see them do like a video for, um, for, uh, oh my goodness, for like an opening promo for WrestleMania and you hear Stallone's voice, like narrating. I think that would be amazing. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be bloody amazing. If that ever happens. Like. They should give us what we want. I would love to see it. And. I do have an update on Shotzi. Um, I did see the spot. I might as well talk about it on NXT. She did this apron DDT. She jumped off the apron. Hit Lyra Valkyria with a DDT. And when she landed. She immediately clutched her leg. So. And Shotzi, she's going to be out for nine months. So she's probably going to be out for the rest of this year. And this is what she said. I tore my ACL, which means I will be out of action for about nine months. Thank you to everyone who's checked up on me. I'm so sorry if I haven't responded. I'm just extremely devastated and angry. Some of you know I have been through a lot the last few years. And it's been hard to keep up with what I think is expected of me and honestly my mental health has been at an all-time low but I pushed through and I I was feeling motivated like and like myself again I was hoping to go to NXT to prove myself again to uh, earn some respect build back my confidence and start putting the heartache from the past two years behind me I feel defeated right now but I'm simultaneously feeling the most motivated I've ever been I've been through way worse. I watched my sister who is fighting cancer um, fight tougher battles. I'm just taking this time to, as a sign to slow down. I didn't take time off when both my stepdad and my dad passed. And that really affected me. Now I look forward to coming back not just physically stronger but mentally also. And... I send my best to Shotzi. And I know it sucks. ACL injuries suck. And I just hope that um, she takes all the time she needs to recover. And uh, we're rooting for you, Shotzi. We're rooting for you. And hopefully you recover right on time. Like, I love Shotzi Blackheart. You guys don't understand. I love Shotzi. I think she's amazing. I think she's great. And, uh, she's somebody you should, uh, keep an eye on when it comes, when I say she, she's great. Like, I would definitely, definitely, definitely be watching her work. 
And like, and it's unfortunate that she got injured, which, like I said, it's unfortunately injuries happen. It sucks. We have to go through that. Everybody goes through injuries, and it's not pretty. It's it's not pretty right now. And all I could say is just sending my positive vibes to uh to Shotzi. She's going to she's going to get through this. I know she's going to get through this. And she's going to make it through. She's going to make it through and I I believe in that 100%. Now, let's talk about Vince McMahon. Do I really want to talk about this guy? Like I'm being real when I say this. Do I really want to talk about this man? Of course I don't, but I have to do my job. Pentis and Mullins a law firm based in Chicago wants to talk to potential victims and witnesses of abuse at WWE. Now, the law firm, which advertises itself as one of the nation's leading law firms fighting sex abuse, has launched the website wwesettlements.com, where the site states that if you were sexually assaulted, made to feel uncomfortably, uh, made to feel uncomfortable. A witness sexual abuse by Vince McMahon or anyone from WWE slash UFC, you may be entitled to significant compensation. The following is from the website after the lawsuit alleged that Vince McMahon had been involved in a sex trafficking and abuse scandal from the com- from the former WWE employee Janel Grant, with the company and former executive. Oh Lord, I know. People power! People power! People power! So, yeah, that guy. Are being named in the suit. Now, here's the description. WWE founder Vince McMahon under investigation for uh, exploitation and sex trafficking. Vince McMahon and WWE slash UFC are under investigation for sexual assault and sex trafficking after former ex- employee employees of WWE slash UFC came forward with allegations of profoundly disturbing misconduct. According to a recent lawsuit, the founder and others leaders forced employees participating in sexual acts by threatening to terminate their employment and share their intimate images of them. This is not the first time Vince McMahon nor WWE slash UFC have faced accusations of sex abuse. Going all the way back in 1992. um, Going all the way back in 1992. Rita Chatterton, the first female referee, came forward uh, with allegations that she was raped by Vince McMahon while traveling with him in his limousine. In 2022, investigators seized documents and discovered non-disclosure agreements of sm- and multi-million dollar payouts covering the sexual misconduct. Thousands of victims are speaking up every year to receive their compensation and just justice they deserve. Fill in the form above or call us today for confidential and free conversations with one of our female attorneys. The firm notes it specializes in personal injuries claims and has been in operation for over 35 years. Pentas and Mullums, 
Mullins uh, also assisted Ben Crump Law, the family of George Floyd, following the wrongful death after being killed by former Minnesota police officer Derek Chauvin. Now, the way I see it, and this is just me, the way I see it um, is just, how would I put this in perspective? It is literally going to be uh, a way, like the way I see, like, I don't know how to put it, but if more people come out and we hear, and if we hear that more people came out and they have actual evidence of Vince and his, and just the way he's been do doing this, this creepy shit, then yeah, he's in hot water. Like, we know he's in hot water. We've been knowing this man is in hot water. And... Now, there's this star. I don't know who Paul Roma is. I don't know who this guy is. But apparently, he claims that there was an incident that's worse than what Jano Grant is thinking about. And this was in the early 90s, if I'm correct. Former WWE star Paul Roma appeared on News Nation on Monday night to talk about the allegations about Vince McMahon. Now, he's one half. Now, Roma is one half of the Young Stallions team with uh, Jim Powers and one half of the Power and Glory team with Hercules Hernandez. On the Ring Boy scandal from early 90s that involved Terry Garvin and Mel Phillips, Roma said the following. It was pretty regular. You heard it on a regular basis for the most part. Then you wouldn't hear it for a while. Then it would come full circle. But it wasn't so much Vince as it was the people that he had... He had surrounding him. You're talk, you talk about an industry where you have young, good-looking, well-built men in the ring. Half naked. Three quarters naked, actually. It let the door open. He had a lot of people. Let's see. He had a lot of people around him. Vice presidents, bookers, that were very much into that. They put you in a really bad situation, especially once you start making some money. And you kind of get comfortable with that. And then you find out that your job's on the line. Either do it or get fired. I witnessed quite a few that walked away. Now, on the people who walked away, Roma said they were asked to do things, uh, sexual things with other men that they did not want to do. My former partner being one of them. Now, Roma recalled being in a cab ride and someone next to him said, it's not worth the Benjamins. And the next day on at the TV tapings, that person was gone and never showed up to wrestle. He said that person had an unfortunate accident and passed away because he had a, ble he had a bleed on the brain after hitting his head. Now, Roma continued, one of my former partners, I was part of the Young Stallions. He was up. <clears throat> propositioned he said he went to the agents and told them what had happened and he said why would you do that you just ratted on both of us he kind of threw us under the bus just starting out Romus said his former partner was offered money and drugs News Nation's Ashley B Ainfield said that she spoke with a former WWE enhancement wrestler, Mario Mancini, and he said he's heard about something even worse.
than what has been alleged by Janel uh, Grant. Roma said that he heard this. He said, I really shouldn't right now, but yes, I do know what it is. It is worse. When asked if he could characterize the incident in any way, he said, just that Mario and I are really surprised. We spoke about it. We, um, we're surprised that no one has come forward. But on the flip side, I think they're of the age now that they may be married and have kids and they don't want to open Pandora's box. I can't blame them. Like, if this is worse, like, I don't know what it is, but it just shows how much of a crazy man Vince is. Like, it, it's just, it's really crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's just so crazy talking about this man. And I say it every time. The more I talk about him, the more annoyed I get. But, but you know who was shocked about this? Randy Orton. Randy Orton's the latest WWE star to give his thoughts on the allegations against Vince McMahon. And this is this is what he said. This is what he said. And it's the same thing on New York Post. It's the same thing on uh, Sports Illustrated. He said, I've got to say this. I wouldn't be where I am without Vince McMahon taking a chance on me a handful of times. I would not be where I am today without Vince McMahon, but fuck. I'm reading this shit and what you've seen and read. I've seen and read as far as commenting on that. It fucking hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. And he also said in the New York Post that he admitted that he's seen the horrible things online that, does, that doesn't want to be believed because McMahon has done so many things for him. He said without McMahon, he wouldn't have had the chances he he did in WWE. He also knows that he wouldn't be in he wouldn't be in the spot that he's in without McMahon. Without um without this guy. So this is what he said. So part of me wants to not believe it. And then there's the other part of me that understands that he could have done all these wonderful things for me in the business and created this amazing thing that will go on and on well after he's gone. But on the other hand, he's human. He's made some fucking terrible mistakes. Orton says there are three sides to the story. Their side, the other side, and then the truth. Which is which is correct. Which is correct. That's the best way to uh to talk about it. Um he thinks there has to be there's more that's going to come out before he can speak on any of it. And that would be the case for any talent that is axed. He says, I do know Vince McMahon, the man that I've known for the past 24 years personally. And I owe him for everything he's done for me. And I say that with conviction because I won't be in a position without a lot of help from him. But if there's, if these allegations are true, then it's some horrible shit right here, right there. I'm torn. And I don't blame him. Like, that's the right statement to make. And that's the right statement to make, in my honest opinion. And I, I get... And it, it hurts Randy because without Vince, he wouldn't even be where he is right now. And now... You gotta realize, look, he's human. He made, he made some shitty decisions. And he's got nobody to blame but for himself. 
that's the only way I could say that. He he's got nobody to blame for himself but for himself. That that's just how I look at things, in my honest opinion. But um other than that, I think that was the right response. Now John Cena. John Cena um talked about the Vince McMahon allegations, and this is what he had to say. Now he said um <clears throat> He said this on the new, on uh, the Howard Stern show. He was the guest on the Howard Stern show. This is what uh, he had to say, and and he said this because he said it in a friendly way. He said it in a friendly way, and I know there's gonna be people who gave him uh, shit on this. Which I mean, I don't blame. I mean, that's your opinion. Now, if someone behave. If someone's behavior lies so far outside of your values, your value system, that the balance shifts off, I can't operate in a world where this works. That's the end result of being accountable right now. I'm going to love the person I love. Be their friend. I love you. You have a hill to climb. There's a saying of, you don't know who your friends are until shit hits the fan or your back is against the wall. That doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. Just telling someone you love them is a hill to climb and we'll see what happens. That's that's that. It sounds so cliché, but it has to be but it has to be one day at a time. I've openly said I love the guy. I've had a great relationship with the guy. And that's that. It's largely my construct uh, and operating with honesty and communications. Those are the sh- those are strong leads to handling any problems or achievements. The whole thing is super unfortunate and it sucks. It deals with an individual I love and I- an entirely an entity I love. I want everyone to have an experience that I have. Not only do I tell a friend that I love them, but I switch to the entity and said, "How can I help?" That is John Cena's response about the uh, Vince McMahon allegation. And he's pretty much saying, look, I had a great relationship with the guy. Uh, And it's pretty much the same with Randy. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Vince. Now, I think the the response is just meh for me. It's just meh. But look, I I get where John Cena is coming from. I I really do. But um, I, I just feel that... It could have been handled, not like it could have been handled better, but I could see why people are, like, I don't know why people are canceling John Cena because of his response. Like, like yes, it could have been worded differently. I understand that, but um, for me personally, and, and this is just me personally, I feel like this could have been, like, I think it could have been reworded better. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. It could have been uh, reworded a little bit better. But other than that, I'm not complaining about it. I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. If that's how he feels, that's how he feels. Like, soon, if if this is true and we see all these, the truth coming out and and everything is legit, Vince has to go. Like, he's already gone from WWE. He has to be locked up and never come back. So much so that Brock and Vince, they're not listed as... On the roster reveal, if you saw the roster reveal for 2K24, 
they are not featured. And just to give you the full course, here's the roster reveal for for WWE 2K24, starting with the legends and alumni. Macho Man Randy Savage, Ravishing Rick Rude, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Superstar Billy Graham, Andre the Giant, Bad Bunny, Batista, Beth Phoenix, Big Boss Man, The Boogeyman, Booker T, Bray Wyatt, Brett the Hitman Hart, British Bulldog, Bruno San Martino, Cactus Jack, China, Diesel, Doink the Clown, Do Love, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Eddie Guerrero, Eric Bischoff, Eve Torres, Farouk, George the Animal Steel, Harley Race, Hollywood Hogan and Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, JBL, Jerry the King Lawler, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, John Cena, Kane, Ken Shamrock, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, Lita, Mankind, Maurice, Mighty Molly, Molly Holly, Muhammad Ali, Razor Ramon, Rick Steiner, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Rikishi, Rob Van Dam, Ronda Rousey, Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, Shane McMahon, Shawn Michaels, Stacey Keebler, Stephanie McMahon, Stardust, Six, Ted DiBiase, The Fiend, The Hurricane, The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H, Trish Stratus, Tyler Breeze, Ultimate Warrior, Umaga, Uncle Howdy, Vader, Wade Barrett, William Regal, X-Pac, and Yokozuna. No Vince McMahon. No Vince McMahon. And I didn't see Brock Lesnar on here, so... On the Raw side, you got Akira Tozawa, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Big E, Braun Strowman, Bronson Reed, finally, Candice LeRae, Carmella, Cedric Alexander, Chad Gable, Chelsea Green, Cody Rose, Damian Priest, Dexter Loomis, Dominic Mysterio... Drew McIntyre, Eric, Finn Balor, Giovanni Vinci, Gunther, Indy Hartwell, Ivar, uh, JD McDonough, Jay Uso, Johnny Gargano, Kofi Kingston, Liv Morgan, Ludwig Kaiser, Maxine Dupree, Natalia, Nikki Cross, Otis, Piper Niven, Raquel Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley, Ricochet, R-Truth, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Shayna Baszler, Nakamura, Sonya Deville, Tegan Knox, The Miz, Tommaso Ciampa, Valhalla, Xavier Woods, and Zoe Starks. That's all the Raw side. On the SmackDown side, you got AJ Styles, Alba Fire, Angelo Dawkins, Ashanti The Adonis, Asuka, Austin Theory, Bailey, Bobby Lashley, they're still calling him Butch, Cameron Grimes, uh, Charlotte Flair, Cruz Del Toro, Dakota Kai, Elton Prince, Grayson Waller, Isla Dawn, EO Sky, Jimmy Uso, Joaquin Wilde, Carl a- Anderson, Karrion Cross, Katana Chance, Caden Carter, um, uh, Kevin Owens, Kit Williams, Wilson, LA Knight, Logan Paul, Luke Gallows, Me Chan, Montez Ford, MVP, Omos, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Ridge Holland, Bobby Roode, who is cleared. But he's enjoying his role as a producer. I just want to point that out. So I'm glad that he got the clearance. So the question is, when are we going to see him back in a WWE ring? Wink, wink. 
Uh, Roman Reigns, Santos Escobar, Scarlett, Sheamus, Shotzi, Solo Sokoa, Tamina, Ex- Zia Lee, and Zelina Vega. On the NXT side, you got Andre Chase, Angel Garza, Apollo Crews, Axiom, Baron Corbin, Blair Davenport, Braun Breaker, Brooks Jensen, Brutus Creed, Carmelo Hayes, Channis Stack Lorenzo, Cora Jade, Damon Kemp, Dijak, Drew Gulak, Duke Hudson, Fallon Henley, Gigi Dolan, Humberto, Ilya Dragunov, Ivy Nile, JC Jane, Jinder Mahal, Joe Coffey, Joe Gacy, Josh Briggs, Julius Creed, Mark Coffey, Nathan Frazier, Nikita Lyons, Noam Dar, Roxanne Perez, Sanga, Scripps, Thea Hale, Tiffany Stratton, Tony D'Angelo, Trick Williams, Tyler Bate, Veer Mahan, Wendy Chu, Wesley, and Wolfgang. Those are the names that are in, and if you got managers, there's B-Fab, Adam Pierce, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Kathy Kelly, Mick Foley, Miss Elizabeth, Paul Bearer, Paul Heyman, and Theodore Long. So they're going to be the managers of the game. Now, decent roster, decent roster. Now, Brock is not playable, but he is still in the game, but you won't be able to play as him. Now, the reason for the company distancing itself from Lesnar is due to the sex trafficking lawsuit that was filed against McMahon and WWE, with a former WWE slash UFC heavyweight champion being named. On the same day of the suit became public, Wall Street Journal identified Lesnar as that former champion. Mike Straw of Insider Gaming reports that it's too late to fully remove Lesnar from the game. So it was decided to make him unplayable as a character in the game. But Lesnar's character remains in the game files. Now, it is possible Lesnar may have a minor inclusion within different uh, game modes. The report added that the closest to an answer is that has been a rep passing along with the company saying that the full roster with Lesnar is not included. Fightful Select reported that WWE has also requested not to feature Lesnar as a playable character in the game. So, there you have it. And the game comes out really soon. So, if you want to play it early, get the Deluxe Edition, get the WrestleMania Edition. I'm getting it physically, getting the Deluxe Edition, because I am going to be on that game non-freaking-stop. So, I am really excited about 2K24. I think this game is going to be amazing. And speaking of 2K, um, Francine is threatening 2K games with legal actions because 2K Games sent out a tweet with a clip of Liv Morgan making her interest with the caption, Queen of Extreme. Now, Francine, who owns the trademark rights to uh, Queen to Extreme, uh, she worked ECW from, from 1995 to 2001 and WWE just from 2005 to 2006. So she wrote this. I have a question. I, I have the Queen Extreme trademark. Do you need something sent uh, to you guys again from my lawyers? And to all the ignorant 20-something out there, tr- some things that are trolling me, I use Queen of Extreme for decades. And paid for that trademark, which means no one else can use it. It starts with a tweet, then used used in entrances and on games, mags, etc. You have 
to fight for what is legally yours, which is understandable. Now, I think they just took that down and they probably replaced it. And I think they didn't realize that, oh, that's Francine's uh, trademark. My B. My B. That's pretty much what it is. It's literally the my bad that they did. But um, other than that, I mean, it is what it is. That's the best way I could say it. It is what it is. Monday Night Raw took place at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. And this this was a sold-out show. And I thought this was a really strong um, go-home show, in my honest opinion. I thought it was really good. A really good episode of Monday Night Raw. I did not felt, like, bored or anything. I didn't felt like my intelligence was being insulted. This was a strong, strong episode of Monday Night Raw. And they kicked things off hot. What a great match between Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes. I thought they had a really kick-ass match. And they repeated the finish from last year's WrestleMania. When Cody had... When Cody had um, fucking... Drew in the crossroads position. Solo Sokoa came in with the Samoan spike. He spiked some... He spiked, uh, I'm about to say he spiked Samoa Joe, which quite frankly, Solo Sokoa and Samoa Joe would be a fucking fantastic match. If there was a real forbidden door, I would do that, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. But anyway, he hit the Samoan spike on Cody Rhodes, which give, gave Drew McIntyre to hit the Claymore kick, which Cody oversold it. He just t- tilted his body around. He flipped over after hitting that Claymore kick. And he suffered a rare... Pinfall loss. He Drew McIntyre is the second person to pin Cody Rhodes in a one-on-one match besides Roman. And not only that, Cody looked not not Cody. Drew was a fucking hypocrite. Cause all the shit he was talking about with the bloodline, the bloodline came in and he he pretty much got a, an assisted win from the bloodline. He's a fucking hypocrite. But I love his character. His character is so damn good. That's the best thing I can say about it. His character is great. It is incredible, man. It's absolutely incredible to see what they're doing with Drew McIntyre. He's doing the best work of his career right now. Like, his best character work so far. They showed um, a video package from Andrade El Idolo talking about his lineage in the business. And he says um, he officially adopts the Andrade El Idolo as his WWE ring name. So he's no longer Andrade Cien Almas. He's he's taken the Andrade El Idolo name, which I don't mind. And the question is, this is just my big question. When are they going to start booking him? That's my big question. When are they going to book him? Because I want to see... Uh, I really want to see uh, Andrade succeed in uh, in WWE. Get that second chance. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. Now, anyway. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, let's go to the trainer's room. We go to the trainer's room. We see Adam Pierce checking on Cody. And he's choking. He's gasping for some air. And he tells him, look, I'm fine. I'm fine. Seth Rollins comes in. He doesn't say a word. He just patted the guy on the shoulders, not on the shoulder, on the leg and said, 
Nothing. He just told him. I told you so. It's pretty much him saying, you need me. And I could see that. That Cody takes him up his offer. Cody Rhodes is going to be one of the biggest baby face and the major star in this company. Like, you could see it right now. He's going to be the next... Like, you could say he's the next John Cena. Like, the crowd loves this guy. They love this guy. I like Cody. Cody's awesome. Now, they did this women's last chance qualifying battle royal. And, like, just... To, I'm going to try not to go through all the names that are in said battle royal. But, um... You had, uh... Zia Lee in there. You had... Maxine Dupree on there. You had, um, like, oh my goodness. How would I put, I'm trying to find the right, uh, names who are in this, like this battle Royal. You had Natty, Chelsea, Shayna, Raquel Rodriguez, Zelina, Ivy, Nichan, Valhalla, Maxine Dupree, um, like, Raquel Rodriguez coming back, I did not expect, but I was so happy to see her back. Like, I was literally happy to see her back because I love Raquel. She she is freaking amazing. She is absolutely amazing to watch. Like, and I was, like, and she was going, what she was going through right now, like, what she was going through during her time away, for those of you who didn't see uh, the video that Raquel posted on her, uh, on her social media, just that, and it's heartbreaking, you know, to see, to see that she was dealing with the mast cell act activation syndrome, uh, MCAS, just seeing her go through that. And now she's back better and stronger than ever. It's inspiring, man. It's inspiring that she came back. She got a nice reaction too. And like Raquel winning made sense. Like, there was no way she was going to come back and lose. Because we haven't seen Raquel Rodriguez in God knows how long. And I, I enjoyed, like, I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent for what it was. But um, it was, like I said, it was all right. But the right person won. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go through all the names. You had Candice and Indy involved. You had Ivy Nile. And, like, I'm going through all the names anyway. So, but... Some of them, they, they just weren't credible. You know what I'm saying? They just weren't credible enough. But um, we had a satellite interview with Nia Jackson, Rhea Ripley. Rhea talks about how the last time she wrestled in Australia, it was at the Indies. And how she wanted to quit and give up. And she had to remind herself that she's the most dominant woman in WWE. Nia Jax simply points out that she's twice her size and claims to have have tripled the talent, and says that she's going to send mommy crying home to her mommy. Now Ripley says, Jax will crumble in the arena when she hears everyone screaming for mommy, which they will. And she's just going to realize, just not good enough. So she'll see her at Perth. So I thought this was an okay interview. I thought this was okay. They showed this R-Truth documentary style video package <laughs> i swear to everything like never in my life as a wrestling fan and, and i'm being real when i say this as a wrestling fan that a segment like literally a segment 
literally got me crying with laughter. Like, this documentary style of fucking... Like, this documentary <laughs> was so good. I just... I literally cried with laughter. Like, there was a line about... <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh because it's so funny. He said, this must be how genuine felt when he wrote Pony. <laughs> and you notice they did a camera cut. And, <laughs> and Jackie Rabbit was trying so hard not to laugh. Oh my goodness. Our truth is a fucking gem, man. Like, give this man a... Give this man an award. Like, this is hilarious. Like, just... <laughs> But you gotta watch this segment. I can't do it just. It is hilariously funny. And I do want to say this about WWE. Because they did introduce UFC fighter Michael Chandler. And I gotta give WWE credit for this. Their prop. Their production has stepped up big. Like, there, there wasn't time in the show where I felt, like, nauseated. There wasn't time in the show where I felt... Like, oh my goodness, these fucking camera cuts for the last 30 seconds. Like, it felt like something fresh, something different, you know? And the product, the production has literally stepped this game up ever since Kevin Dunn took his wood and left. But, um, the product has got, the production is just getting better and better, man. And I hope it continues to stay that way. Now, Samantha Irvin, she introduces Michael Chandler, who is in the front row, and he cuts a promo about how I'm the most entertaining fighter on the planet, and he calls out Conor McGregor to get back to the octagon because he has unfinished business. Now, I think this is their way to try to, like, like, you know, cross over. You got UFC talent calling out somebody in a wrestling show, and you could have wrestlers calling out wrestlers on a UFC show. It's possible, but with the, I mean, it is possible with this merger, so, but I mean, it was a surprise to see, but look, I did not know who this guy is, I don't keep up with UFC, like, I never watch UFC, I mean, I only, the only time I would think about UFC is the ring announcer, that's the only time I think about it, we had a fun eight-man tag between Judgment Day against Awesome Truth and DIY. I thought this was fun. This was a fun match. Lots of good spots. R-Truth, I'll say it again, is super over. And R-Truth was the one who took the pin. By Damian Priest. Damian Priest hit the uh, South of Heaven. And there was that. It was over right there. But like I said, I thought this was uh, pretty good. It was a fun match. Now, Jackie Redman was backstage with Sami Zayn. And Sami, say, Sami says um, he has to put this whole Drew McIntyre thing on pause because he knows he's he gets stuck and at, obsesses and he needs to focus on trying to find his path at WrestleMania. And maybe he's delusional, but he still thinks there's a way. There has to be a way forward. And... Uh, because I know next week he's going to be taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. So that's going to be pretty fun. But um, I still think he's going to be at WrestleMania. In what capacity? I don't know. 
We're just going to have to wait and see. Now, Becky Lynch comes out, and I thought this was the weak part of the show. Becky Lynch comes out and says, look, she's gotten to do a lot in her career, but there's not a lot of new possibilities left. Inevitably, she and Rhea Ripley will collide, and it will be the fight of their lives. And they both live for and love this. But they've been doing it differently recently. She can confidently say at this moment that she is the best she's ever been. But the flip side to that is that so is everybody else. So in five days, when she steps into the elimination chamber, it will be the opposite five of WWE's most promising stars. And while she doesn't have anything against any of the women, Tiffany Stratton being annoying aside, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, she has beaten most of them, but not in the confines of the Elimination Chamber. This brings out Liv Morgan, and she says, look, I'm a big fan of Becky's hat, and they're tr- and she's trying to get the hat over. I, I thought that was pretty funny. But she doesn't like having to sit back and listen to her explain why she would get to fight Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. But she doesn't care who's best. This is about revenge, her redemption, and her life. She talks about her team with Rhea Ripley and then her team with Raquel Rodriguez and how Rhea cost her six months of the very best of her career. She was the very last person to beat Rhea Ripley. This brings out Raquel Rodriguez. She makes her case. Naomi comes out to make her case. Tiffany comes out to make her case. Well, Naomi comes out. She talked about she had to climb her way back to the top. Tiffany comes out and she had new theme music, which, I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why. But her her other theme music was really good. Why did they change it? Now, Tiffany Stratton says she talks about how it's Tiffy time and she's the center of the universe or whatever And calls them all the past. This brings out Bianca Belair. And says Tiffany is new here. So you don't understand. What running your mouth might get you. She says I'm the EST. And she's been at the tippy top. For a very long time. At Elimination Chamber. Stratton will find out. She points out that look. I won the Elimination Chamber unlike the rest of you. And I'm going to continue my undefeated streak. At Wrestlemania. And she'll beat all of them because you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. And I'm going to pause here for a second because I, I needed a laugh because the the trolls on, on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck you want to call it clearly did not go to school. They did not go to school. They just did not. They don't know how to. Sp- they think you. Like they think, oh, it's. You can't spell WrestleMania with, like, she's stupid. EST, I mean, there's no EST in WrestleMania. Clearly, you you don't know your spelling. W-R-E-S-T-L-E-M-A-N-I-A. WrestleMania, bub. But I I just needed to chuckle at this. Like, I want to bring up Kayla Braxton because she... She was so hilarious when she had to um talk about uh talk about uh <laughs> about 
Bianca Belair. She said, look, here it is. This is. I'm not even going to say the guy's name. You can't spell WrestleMania without EST. There isn't e even a T in WrestleMania, Bianca. And Kayla Braxton's response. Bianca, your trolls are killing me this morning. Our school system has failed us. Homeboy wrote WrestleMania twice. Literally. There's a T in WrestleMania. My God. <laughs> oh my God. I hate stupid people. But, um, so this list, this led to them bickering and then it led to Nia Jax wiping out everybody just to, to establish Nia as a threat to Rhea Ripley, which I thought they did a, they did a good job with that. But this segment I thought was pretty boring. It was dull. Did not really care about it. It's just a cliche that we see in pro wrestling. Wrestler A comes out, cuts promo. Like say it's, it's, it's like money in the bank. Then wrestler B, then wrestler C, wrestler D, and E and F come out to make their case. But it's just, I did not like this. Now we get a subtitled promo from Shinsuke Nakamura. He tells Sami Zayn, um, he cuts a promo on Sami Zayn telling him he'll give him a spotlight if he's so desperate for one. And he's going to make sure that he stays the underdog by beating him again. So we're getting this match again. Now, we had Chad Gable versus Ivar. I thought they had a great match. Chad Gable needs to be challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. There. The story is right there. It's right there. And I thought the match they had was good. These two have really good chemistry. I'm not going to lie. Really good chemistry. Now, Kathy Kelly is backstage interviewing Drew McIntyre. And he says, I always tell the truth and Cody is on a hell of a run, but he's the second man to pin him. And he doesn't think that victory is tainted by the bloodlines interference because he thinks of the bigger picture. He talks up his schedule for coming for the coming week. And he says, he's going to win the chamber and win at WrestleMania because I'm the workhorse. Again, I love Drew McIntyre, McIntyre's character. It's freaking great. I love it. Now backstage, the New Day, they're not being jolly old happy-go-lucky. This is serious New Day, and I love it. You had a serious Chad Gable promo. You got a serious New Day promo. I fucking love it. New Day cut a promo expressing confidence in Jey Uso winning the Intercontinental Championship from Gunther. And he talks about how they're going to beat Imperium next week. No rules. In a street fight. So that should be pretty fun. And in the main event, we had Gunther defending his Intercontinental Championship against Chad... Not Chad Gable. Against Jey Uso. And I thought this was a good match. I thought it was good. Like, and I'm not saying it was bad. It was a good match. Jay was spamming the shit out of the spears. He had the match won. When Jimmy Uso cost, cost Jay the match. Now, Gunther retained, which made sense. And get this. There was talks of having Jay Uso beat to beat uh, Gunther on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. Number one, it wouldn't make any sense. 
Number two, the only way Gunther is going to lose is on a bigger stage like WrestleMania. Against who? We don't know. He can make a case that J- Jay, that Jimmy screwed me over. I want another shot. <coughs> you can have... And, and also what this does... Because after the post-match angle, Jay, Jimmy Uso attacked his brother and hits two Uso splashes. So pretty much they're setting up the match between Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. I think that's the direction that they're going to be heading. And look, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. And I think it should be a good match. It could open the show. You never know how it, how the booking goes. But I enjoyed Monday Night Raw. I thought it was really good. Now, switching gears, NXT, it was taped. And I thought it was a fine show. I thought it was a really fine show. You had Oba Femi defending his title against uh, Lexus King, which, I mean, come on. Come on. The match itself, it was okay. But Oba Femi was not losing that title to Lexus King. And Oba Femi is just fucking awesome. That's the best way I could say it. He's fucking awesome. But he retained. Now we see JC Jane and a friend. Now I didn't catch the name. I think her name was Jasmine. They're chatting with Thea Hale, who is dejected that Riley Osborne hasn't texted back since their date. Now Ariana Grace eavesdrops and interrupts right as JC is getting on the oh, you messed up on the what what hard to get means to give Hale a lecture and appreciating a man's attention. Or whatever outdated beauty queen crap she's peddling. Jay-Z tells her to shut up and get out there. Get out of their business. And they leave together. And we go on break. Now, later during the show, you had J.C. James taking on Ariana Grace. Which, look, Ariana Grace, her character is great. I I just love her character. It's great and it's hilarious. But J.C. Jane, she was going to win regardless. Um... But she won indeed. Now, rewinding the Wolf Dogs, they come back. They come out, and Braun Breaker talks up their new alligator skin boots and tag titles. And Baron Corbin recounts his no mercy victory over Breaker, and Braun is mock upset and says that that carries his this team. They talk about their victory for the tag titles and a dub the end of day spear as the spear of days. This brings out Chase U, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. They make their case for challenging for the titles. And, uh, and offers up an Andre Chase University-sized ass-whooping. Nathan Frazier and Axiom rolls up, and Nathan Frazier pulled the Seth Rollins. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. That ain't happening. Um, and, he's ber- and he said they were so close to beating the Wolf Dogs in the cup, so if anyone deserves a shot, it should be them. This brings out Ava. She comes out and she makes a decision and books a number one contenders match between two baby faces out here right now. And I will talk about the match, but I love this segment. I thought this was really good. And look, I'm happy for Baron Corbin. Like, this is the best. I say this on my podcast when ever since he made the jump to NXT. This is the best that he has ever looked. He's not under a gimmick. He's not under some fucking bullshit that Vince gives him. He's just being Baron Corbin. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But we'll talk about who he, who they're going to be facing 
later on. Roxanne Perez, she got a win over Ren Sinclair, which I thought was a good match. And I love that they're giving Roxanne more of a reason to just be aggressive. And I like it. <clears throat> it's like she's slowly going on her heel run. Like she's slowly turning heel. Which I don't mind. Because, I mean, they're going to need a heel regardless. I think Roxy could be a really good heel. We had Josh Briggs taking on Brooks Jensen. I thought they had a solid match with Josh Briggs getting the win. Which, no shit. And now Brooks Jensen, he needs to find himself. He needs to find out who he really is. Because he can't be stuck with uh, Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley altogether. He needs to find out who he is. Now, we had Carmelo Hayes. He's at the barbershop and he reminisces about the great memories and moments in the barbershop. And says, he's alone but he's not alone because his principles are intact. He runs Trick Williams down and says, he let him be, be the first in the Trick Mellow uh, gang. Because the idea of him being first at anything was funny to him. And Elia actually responded about, because uh, I know he mentioned Elia Dragunov. Elia Dragunov cut a promo, like this was later during the show. And he tells him to come for the title because he's coming for the greater prize, your soul. So we're going to get another match, and it's going to be at Roadblock, which I don't mind because these two have excellent chemistry, and I, I guarantee these two are going to uh, really tear the house down. Now, they showed the D'Angelo family vignette where Tony says they're going to go back to the old ways, and he's going to enforce his rules as the Don properly, so a little character development for him and the Don family, uh, and the Don family as well. Um, you got Rich Holland being interviewed and he says, look, I can't get the stench off of him and Gallus smashed in my surgically repaired leg on a chair. He says the man he was in that ring is not the man he is in life. So they're still continuing the Gallus Ridge Holland, uh, feud. I mean, it's all right, I guess. I thought Chase U versus Nathan Frazier and Axiom was an excellent not just an excellent match. I thought it was a great match. Like, I enjoyed this match with Chase U getting the win. But the post-match made it even better. Gallows and Anderson, who are not doing shit on SmackDown, made their appearances on NXT, laid out everybody, hit Duke Hudson with a magic killer. And you, you want to know what I've been saying? I, I literally said, this is where... <coughs> excuse me, this is where Gallows and Anderson should have been in the first place. That is where they should have been. But no, 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 no. They did not do that. They didn't do that. That was That's their fuck up right there. But um, I'm glad that they're in NXT. They're not doing nothing. They could really boost the tag team division. And hopefully they stay in NXT to find who they are. Speaking of which, the Good Brothers, they were interviewed in the parking lot and they said they're here in NXT for as long as they like and they're going to do business like they do everywhere. Magic Killer, one, two, three. There's that. So I'm glad that they're moving to, they're, they're bringing them to NXT. Let them stay for as long as they want. Because clearly they, there's nothing planned for them on SmackDown. 
There's a lot of plans for them on NXT. Come on. You had Lash Legend taking on Kalani Jordan. I thought this was I thought it was a decent match with uh Lash Legend getting the win. You had Kiana James and Izzy Dame trying to attack uh Kalani Jordan, but she flips out of it and makes her escape. So they're still doing the they're teas, teasing a few with uh Kiana and Kalani. Now I did talk about Shotzi getting injured, and it's unfortunate. So they had to take some time and they decide to do an open challenge. And Lash Legend answered the challenge. And I thought they had a good match. I thought they had a good match with um, Lyra retaining, which made sense. There was no way she was losing to Lash Legend. But that was NXT. And now it is time for our predictions. We're going to close it on this because there's only four matches on the show. We're going to start with the Men's Elimination Chamber match. We have Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul, where the winner will face the World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins, at WrestleMania. Now, you can make a case for Bobby, Randy, and Drew McIntyre. Like, I feel like, like, here's my thing. L.A. Knight is not going to uh, win this match. I feel like he's going to pin Logan Paul. And that's going to tease Logan Paul and L.A. Knight at WrestleMania. So that is the direction that they're going with. <coughs> and I think that's what they should do. Kevin Owens is not winning this. And and I still say this as a sin. The fact that, the fact that um, Bronson Reed is not in this match, it is a sin. It is a sin. But we'll see. But we'll um, I'll I'll just go with what we got. But Bobby Lashley, he's not winning it. He's dealing with Karrion Cross and his stable, the Final Testament. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre should be the last two, and at the end, it should be Drew McIntyre winning. I think he goes to WrestleMania and challenges Seth Rollins, and literally takes CM Punk's spot. Like literally. A mania that he deserves to wrestle in front of a crowd. That's just how I see it. Now we have the Judgment Day. Defending their undisputed tag team titles. Against New Catch Republic. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. And this is an easy win. I got the Judgment Day retaining. I think it makes sense. As much as I want to see DIY win the titles. I think they're going to set up Miz and Truth. Winning the uh, tag titles. I think that's that's where we're heading at WrestleMania. Uh, we have Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. Where the winner will face the winner of either Nia or Rhea for the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania. Um, this should be a good match. And... I see I got Becky winning. I think they've been teasing it nonstop, so why not do Becky and Rhea at WrestleMania? I think that's the direction they're going with. So Becky Lynch is my pick. I think it should be between her and Naomi. Oh no, no, no. Her and Liv Morgan. Because Liv Morgan, you can make a case for Liv Morgan because Rhea took her out for the for six months. And that's one of the reasons why. 
Now, Tiffany Stratton, I think her and Bianca, they're, I think they're going to be setting up for a match at WrestleMania. I think that's, a di- that's the direction they're going to go with. Um, as much as I want to see Naomi get that spot, I don't think it's her time. Uh, Becky is my pick to win. And what I presume is going to be the main event, Rhea Ripley defending her Women's World Championship against Nia Jax. And you're in Rhea's home turf. This is fairly obvious. Rhea is going to retain. No doubt about it. And there's that. Nia, she's going to give her a fight of her life. But this is mommy's turf. And we're going to get Becky and Rhea at WrestleMania. That is the destination we're getting. Hell, they could close it with Becky and Rhea standing face to face. I would not mind that at all. But that's my predictions. Uh, I know they're doing the Grayson Waller effect with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes as the guests. I mean, okay. We'll see where that goes. But other than that, that's my predictions. I am getting the heck out of here, guys. Thank y'all so much for another episode. Now, like I mentioned, I am not going to talk about... um, I'm not going to be talking about SmackDown because I will be at TNA and I won't have time to uh, cover SmackDown. So there's your reason. But I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank y'all so much. It means a lot to me. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Shino D Phoenix. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. Follow me on Instagram, Shino Phoenix. Follow me on TikTok, Shino D Phoenix. Follow me on uh, Twitch, Shino Phoenix. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, so Shino D Phoenix. So until then, take care, be safe, support wrestling as much as you can, and I will see you guys next time. So until then, take care.